Welcome to Profoundly, the new podcast from Femme Foundry. I'm your host, Pips Taylor, and each week I'll be harnessing the wisdom of a one-of-a-kind global community. Profoundly is a podcast for women who want to grow, learn, connect, and thrive. We'll be bringing our Femme Foundry leaders to you, who will be sharing industry expertise, personal stories, and advice to help you navigate every element of your life, from the professional to the very personal. There will be no jargon, no filters, just an open, honest conversation with some absolutely brilliant guests, and I am really excited to be a part of this. Our guest for this week is DJ, TV, and radio presenter, mum of three, and founder of Made by Mamas, Zoe Hardman. Trigger warning, this episode includes a discussion about eating disorders and pregnancy loss. For information and support about these issues, please visit beateatingdisorders.org.uk and tommies.org. Now, you may have seen Zoe on This Morning, Take Me Out with Gossip, or Talking Golf on Sky Sports. Since 2015, she's been a regular fixture on Heart FM, presenting the Saturday afternoon and Sunday morning shows. She's also the co-founder of hugely successful blog and award-winning podcast Made by Mummers, a platform for sharing open, honest conversations about the highs and lows of parenting. This month marks World Menopause Awareness Month and World Menopause Day was on the 18th of October. This is something really close to Zoe's heart that we discuss. In the last few years, she's been a vocal advocate of menopause awareness, speaking openly about her own experiences of early menopause at 37 and encouraging other women to seek help support and guidance it's an absolute pleasure to welcome all round legend zoe hardman to profoundly yay what a nice intro <laughs> um how are you i'm good i'm just i'm overwhelmed by my intro because it's normally me that's doing those intros and i like to really build them up but it's quite nice to have one back done to you so thanks oh. mate um so i just want to kick off with your career because you started out in tv but you've worked for quite a few number of years now on heart and you've recently uh, presented the coveted breakfast slot with Jamie uh, with Jamie Theakston. Yeah. Um, how 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 was that? Do you have like a preference? Would you say for TV over radio? Do you know what I often get asked this question? And for me, the two come quite closely hand in hand. I mean, you'll you'll know this as well. Like my my career started in telly, and telly will always be my big love. But I got to a point in my sort of late twenties, early thirties, where I was doing kind of shiny floor Saturday night entertainment shows. And even though they're really fun, my heart has always craved a deeper level of connection and a deeper level of um, kind of, you know, documenting people's journeys. I'm the ultimate questioner. I will always ask, I'll always ask the, the questions and I'll always be interviewing people because I, I love to really get to the bottom of what these people, what people are really about. So yeah. I, I, I craved, yeah, I craved something more. And I think going into radio at the age of 31 and then obviously progressing up and getting to do breakfast, you know, it's still really fun, but a part of that is, you know, asking different sorts of questions and, mm -hmm. and, and and chatting to different sorts of people. And I really need that. I really need that to feed my soul. Um, I've just done a really amazing project with the BBC actually, which is which is gonna be out at the beginning of November, all around the early menopause. We made this incredible short film and we told loads of different women's stories, including myself. And it just, you know, it just makes me feel good that we get to showcase them. You've been really outspoken about uh, menopause yourself. And I'm so thrilled that you've done a project for the BBC. Can, can I ask what it was? That you that you did and, and when we can expect to see it basically it is a short film that i made for morning live 
um, which is BBC's kind of flagship morning show, which obviously the lovely Gethin Jones, who we know well, um, presents with Kim Marsh. And they make five of these films a week. We got to tell incredible stories from, you know, a woman that went through the early menopause at 14, uh, which was just completely shocking. She was actually on Davina's documentary, just Hayley, her name is, and she's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and then we spoke to a specialist around like why women go into menopause early in certain situations. Um, and then, yeah, we chatted to my sister and, and my husband about sort of my journey and stuff. So yeah, it's gonna be a really powerful piece. I'm hope, hoping that lots of people take, you know, a lot of information from it, but also just more awareness that Absolutely. if you are going through any sort of symptoms and you think you might be experiencing kind of POI or early menopause symptoms to so actually go to your GP and have that conversation. I know that you're really passionate about raising awareness about this and you yourself went through the menopause at 37. Uh, can you tell us what that experience was like for you to, because to, that is, it is a young age. I'm actually in POI, which is premature ovarian insufficiency. So I haven't gone through the menopause. I'm in early menopause. The two are actually quite different. It's actually quite confusing. <laughs> when you start getting into it, it's quite confusing. But basically, I'm at a point where I'm, my egg reserve is, is so low that my estrogen levels are so low that I can't function without HRT for me. So um, it was the most horrendous experience aside from you know losing my dad i don't think i've ever felt as low as that even though i knew it was coming because it's hereditary so my sister my mum, my granny all went through it early so i kind of had that red flag i was so lucky to have my children i mean that was just such a blessing um and even though i moan about the fact that they wake me up every day between five and six in the morning um <laughs> you know i know how lucky i am because lots of people don't have that um that option it was just so terrifying. And I think a lot of women have said this to me, they just feel so frightened by what's going on because everything that you know gets flipped on its head and you have no control over your emotions, how you're feeling day to day, you know, the physical um, elements to going through early menopause, you know, the hair loss, the dryness, um, the insomnia, the headaches, the night sweats, the fogginess. It's especially somebody that works in communication. I felt like I was, well, I was really unwell, like mm -hmm. physically very unwell. And then of course you throw in all the emotional stuff as well, like the lows and the crying. And for a period of time, I didn't think I was gonna come out the other side of it. I was really Gosh. sort of very dark thoughts. Um, and then I went on to HRT. Mine has got quite a happy ending because I actually feel better now than I did for years before I was taking hormones. Um, that's so positive. So that's really positive. And like my libido's coming back. And actually, I'm, I'm really excited because I'm about to move from the oral HRT that I've been taking. So I'm about to enter like a new phase of hormone replacement therapy, which I'm quite excited about. I mean, that's su it's such a huge thing for you to have gone through. And you said there, you know, you, you were working throughout all that. And actually, mm. it's estimated that around 900,000 women have to quit their jobs in the UK due to symptoms related to menopause. Mm. Uh, and 25% of women going through the menopause have considered leaving work. Like that is, I find that really like upsetting and, and shocking to hear when, you know, people are building their careers, but then, you know, we're going through something that is very normal for a woman, but the feels that there just isn't that support there. What do you think really we can do to, to break the taboo? I actually saw something this morning that uh, Mother Pucker posted on her 
Instagram and a White House saying that ASOS has just cleared a policy. Um, and obviously they're such a humongous, you know, company, such a massive brand that their their employees are now allowed to take leave if they are going through, like, you know, supported leave, if they are going through menopausal symptoms or going through the menopause. Um, so that's really fantastic. So I think for me that the bigger kind of companies, the bigger corporations have got to show what their policies are really support women be able to have those conversations i was so lucky because i went into heart in the march to march 2020 sat down with the number two whose name is rich Steele. massive shout out to richie Steele. and i just told him i just said look this is what's going on with me these are my symptoms this is how i'm feeling i was in floods of tears and i just said i really need you guys to get behind me to know what's going on because there's going to be days that i'm going to have to pre-record some links there's going to be days where I might not be able to come into work because I might be feeling so horrendous. And he was like, whatever you need, we are there for you as a company, as people. They were incredible. Amazing to hear. I just thought, do you know what? I, I, as somebody who's like, I'm such a feminist and I feel so, so strongly about, you know, where we've come as women. But what the shit that we still have to deal with daily from like stuff that we consume on the telly about the way we're supposed to look and the how we're supposed to sound and things that are going to happen to us and people making choices for us to do with our body and all this stuff. And actually growing up, I remember images, you know, in magazines and stuff that, you know, adverts on the telly of women going through the change. And there was a lady there wearing a floral blouse with a fan, you know, kind of being, oh, just off to the loo. I'm having a hot flush, you know, and it's like, this is just absolutely ridiculous. I'm just putting people in that situation where they have to have those, um, those conversations because I feel like it's important and it's important for the education of men as well. So important. But I think also just talking openly about menopause is something that is still fairly rare. I think, you know, that in the past couple of years, there is more awareness around it. Mm. Uh, but why why do you think that it, it that's been the case, that it has been this thing that has been such, it's just been kind of compartmentalised and put to one side? I think it just goes back historically as to what I was saying just then, that we weren't really ever allowed to talk about our menopause. You know, it was there was there was a lot of information out there regarding HRT and, you know, women taking HRT with the links, you know, with breast cancer and all that kind of lots of scaremongering, lots of women frightened to take hormone placement therapy. You would go in to see your doctor, you would tell them, they would say, oh, probably just a bit depressed, here's some antidepressants and off you'd go out the door. You know, it wasn't there, the support wasn't there for us. There's so much more awareness. I hosted an amazing summit the other day for the Albright um, obviously, it was World Menopause Day yesterday. Exactly. You know, we're making films about it. Um, Lisa Snowden's doing loads in the space. You know, Dr. Shazadi Harper, she's just written an incredible book on it. So people are trying their best to help women going through it. Mm. Um, and yeah, let, let's put a fucking rocket up everyone's asses about it because it needs to be it needs to be talked about it. We need we need care. If someone, if you know, maybe someone who's listening, who's kind of approaching menopause themselves at the moment, what advice would you give them? What would you say? And I would just say as well that it's not it's not happening. It's happening a lot earlier than it used to. So, you know, you might be listening as a thirty five year old woman or a forty year old woman who's, exp- who's who's experiencing perimenopausal symptoms that also needs addressing. So it's not, you know, I don't want your ears to prick up here if you're 50, 52, 53, because that's the normal age in inverted commas, but it is happening a lot earlier now. Um, And yeah, I would say to you that life doesn't end 
it only begins definitely definitely first stop is your gp because they'll be able to give you some simple blood tests to at that point find out what your estrogen levels are doing yeah. and I, I know i've said this before and i feel really passionate about it that no women should be living with without estrogen in their body it's it's criminal we should not it, it has so many detrimental um, elements to our life to our mental health to our physical health to bone density you know that it really it's a it, it just can't happen do not get fobbed off if that's what's happening also for more information then you can head to head to the, men, the menopause charity.org for that um and zoe thank you so much for sharing your experience and also your thoughts on that because you're such a an, an outspoken person in that area <laughs> and i really i think it's fucking fantastic if anybody listening wants to have a conversation with me obviously my dms are always open so yeah and, and you message. can actually you can also connect with Zoe on the Femme Foundry app as well. Um, now, Zoe, since becoming a mother, you have created a very successful brand made by Mamas, uh, an award-winning podcast and social media account. And you've worked so hard over the past few years. I, for one, have seen it firsthand. How did it get started? For people who can't see, when I just asked that question, your face totally lit up and like that smile, it says, says it all. Yeah, thank you. I love it. I'm really proud of it. Um, it started from a chance meeting in a coffee shop in Cheltenham on a on a autumnal day when two women who were pregnant one of them being me and one of them being georgia my business partner now my now business partner um we just looked across at each other and there was a, a an element of pissed offness in her eyes and i went as i left i said are you all right and she went oh i am all right but living in cheltenham don't know anyone my husband's just signed for he's a footballer just yeah. signed for cheltenham i'm from london i'm living up here i'm pregnant really early stages and i was like oh i'm pregnant too and she was like i just don't know anyone and i was like i don't know anyone either and i said well should we swap numbers it was like a date it was like a brilliant tinder date um that's been going on since well it's five years in now um and then we didn't really speak to each other throughout the pregnancy um there was the odd kind of whatsapp and then we had she had axel in the august 2016 luna came along in the september and about three months later in fact i remember it because it was the day after um it was the second of january i just got engaged she sent my phone pinged and it said georgia cheltenham and it's and she said congratulations on the engagement how are you getting on being a mom and i was like oh do you want to meet up? We met and we walked around um, Montpellier and we talked and we spent the next six months together every day talking about our lives as mothers, talking about, you know, the highs and the lows and everything else in between. And this beautiful love affair started. And actually I found a soulmate in her because she really got me and she didn't judge me for saying that some days I really didn't like being mum and other days I felt so overwhelmed with love. And we also were like, hang on, there's no place online where we can find this non-judgmental support and love and advice. Let's, why don't we create a space where we can work with amazing experts on feeding your baby, weaning your baby, you know, maybe a bit of sleep training, um, you know, reflux, whatever it is, breastfeeding, whatever it is. So we decided to start Made by Mamas. And in 2018, we launched the podcast and we have a celebrity guest on every Tuesday and then we have a Q&A episode on a Friday and it has been such a labour of love. I mean, we've put everything into it. Such a wonderful thing that you said about Georgia as well in terms of finding your soulmate and having that, you know, having that support network and then going on to like literally develop a, a hugely successful business off the back of it. It must feel amazing. I just feel that when you become a parent, you join this really incredible club and there is so much goodness around it but with all of that comes this vortex of judgment from other people and it's just bullshit 
and you get all the sort of microaggressions, all the passive aggressive comments from family members, from friends, from, you know, other parents at the nursery drop off and people might say something to you on, on social media and you instantly feel like you failed. You know, even the language around breastfeeding, it's like, oh, you're not going to breastfeed. It's like, if I don't want to breastfeed, I'm not going to breastfeed. And that's my choice. It's yeah. my body. And you know what? I just feel so strongly that where you need we, need, we need love, we need support, we need help. We do not need a wagging finger. I have so much respect for how honest you are about the highs and lows of parenthood. Um, and I know it's really important to you to, to be honest and to focus on the parts that are difficult, which a lot of new mums, a lot of other people wouldn't dare to even admit. I just want, I would just want everybody to know that they're not alone. And I think you, you, you need a best mate to turn to, you know, you need, if, you're, if your two-year-old is going through the worst testing twos the i mean they're called the terrible twos but we try and call them the testing yeah. twos and that you know they're throwing tantrums in the supermarket and smashing over bowls of like fairy liquid it, it, it you want to pull your fucking hair out but actually you need yeah. to know that your mates also going through that and my kids have also gone through that and your baby's going to go through that and so that you just know that it's going to happen to everybody i remember luna was 14 months old and she she didn't have a tooth um yeah and i remember everybody going all the time oh she hasn't she hasn't got any teeth yet oh it's a bit late isn't it and it's like well oh who, my says, God. who says it's late like she's she's going to get a tooth i'm pretty i'm pretty sure she's not going to be walking around with just a gummy mouth for the rest of her life it's that reminder isn't it that every you know everyone is and we have to have it in life as well that we should, everything happens at at its own pace and it but it's yeah. so hard not to compare and despair and i think in being being a new mum and being being a parent you're sort of looking around and actually you know you you can get really affected by other people's you know journeys and babies and what they're doing and, and that's kind of half the battle i really battle i really battled at the beginning with how how i was supposed to love and you know this whole i was so grateful and overwhelmed that I could fall pregnant naturally naturally with Luna so I was clinging hold of her and not letting her out of my sight and it was me and her and you know potentially I put Dozer aside my husband aside for that and and, and I, my boundaries were skewed because I was so intensely in, in, enveloped in, in, intertwined with her and of, of course of course that is it but I couldn't get any perspective so for the first three years or four years really it's only happened in the last 12 months you know it's okay for me to discipline her it's okay for me to say no to her it's okay mm. for me to you know tell her when she's behaved a certain way and you know I'm going through such a huge learning. Like parenting is all about learnings in life. I mean, I think you're leading and by an incredible example. You're, you know, it, it's not about getting it right. It's about what it's about what, what works for you. Who would you say is one of your all-time favourite guests that you've had on the podcast? I mean, that's such a difficult, such a difficult question. But I think off the top of my head, it was probably the second conversation that we had with Jules Oliver. Um, she's been on the podcast twice and the second time round, just out of nowhere and I, I feel that it was something that she really needed to share with us and share with everybody listening was um, her bravery and her strength around talking about her miscarriages um, which is a subject that we absolutely need to talk about more you know baby loss I, I don't know about it firsthand but the conversations that I've had with other women around it and I just I just couldn't believe it I was so 
immensely proud of her and like wowed by her it's that thing isn't it it's it's when when you're when you have someone who's willing to share their experiences we actually spoke to natalie uh, pinkham last week about her experience of, of baby loss uh, mm. and i also shared mine because this month is also baby loss awareness yeah um, and pregnancy loss awareness uh, week and it's just so important to kind of have those conversations because i think it's one of the most isolating things that can ever happen to anyone yeah and you know creating an environment where people feel like they can share share that and then you know other you know listeners and, and and you know other people can actually find common ground and and know that they're not alone is is like i think it's one of the most inspiring things that you can do yeah agreed i mean we we did a special baby loss awareness um podcast episode last year where we asked our listeners to send in voice notes mm. about their experiences around baby loss and miscarriage and we just we opened the podcast up to our to our followers to our listeners it was just so unbelievably i mean i don't know what the right it's hard to find the right word because it was so powerful so emotional so brave yeah so that that was that was pretty incredible we've also had some hysterical ones like ada field who's married to robbie williams yeah who just basically i want as my best friend because she just <laughs> came on and she was drinking wine it was during lockdown she was like fuck this shit and i was like yes ida uh, and she was like i've just been drinking i've just been drinking sauvignon blanc for the last however many months and i was like yes 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 and she was like fuck homeschooling and i was like yes it was just brilliant i just yeah. loved her and then she told us how she got together with robbie and how he like binned her off the first time and like stood her up on a blind date and then basically he like hounded her for a date and then before she knew it she was on his sofa and he had his top off it was just quite funny that's hilarious right she's she always sounds like such a character i know we've touched on parenting but your kind of experience as being a working mother within the tv industry because uh, i know that you were back to work after sort of six weeks um with with uh, with kit do you think the media industry is a difficult place to be a working mother i just think it's really difficult to be a working mother full stop um it's a lot easier now than it used to be but it's still really really challenging and the whole school day isn't set up for working parents full stop. I mean, I have to leave here at two o'clock in the afternoon to go and get kit at 2.30. That's when my school run starts. And it's like, how am I supposed to do that when I've got a career? I find it really, really, really tough. I think what I went through when I had Luna, you know, I was um, presenting the evening show at heart and, and suddenly I was just, and I'd had, you know, I'd had sort of, 14 years of my career and you know, was was an estab established broadcaster at this point. And then suddenly I was living in Cheltenham and I just took a complete step back because I wanted to, because I needed yeah. to. But I also didn't want to forget about my career that I'd worked so bloody hard for. And it was a real challenge. I didn't have a great time when I tried to step back into it. I was made to feel by a lot of people in the industry that I needed to show my worth again, to prove myself was said to me a lot. You know, we yeah. are the ultimate jugglers. We are the ultimate multitaskers. We are the ultimate, um, you know, emotional handlers. We, we know how to, we know how to do pretty much everything mm, yeah. um and so i just think a lot of it is history coming back and a lot of it is the sort of language that we've seen sort of in the well from when time began and women were trying to carve themselves out in the workplace mm. um obviously things as i said have moved forward but even in 2016 2017 i was still trying to get myself back into a position where i was working again 
Um, yeah. And that's why, like, hats off to people like Laura Whitmore, who obviously we know. When I was like, oh my gosh, she is back doing Juice. She's just had her baby and she's doing Love Island. It's like, yes, because she can still be a fantastic mother, which is what I wanted to be and still have a brilliant career it's about having the right sort of you know support mechanisms in place and, and, and having your own kind of you know finding out what works for you i mean the first person that i've got to talk about is dozer because we love I'm Doz. In, we love the Doz lad um he is my 50 50 partner in everything he is completely hands-on he, not even hands-on he does half we do we are equal parents yeah and he does school pickups and drop-offs he makes the packed lunches some days you know he 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 does the weekends when i'm at work he does the evenings secondly yeah. we have a lot of help because we have to yeah we have we have a nanny that lovely lucy who's been with us forever who works wednesday thursdays and we've got another nanny starting in on in november called tara who's going to be doing mondays and tuesdays pickups come back do the dinners get them in the bath and then i can take over and do it because i've got to try and keep everything going lots of people are frightened to talk about help and i yeah. realize it's unrealistic for a lot of people in terms of what they can do financially and it is an expense but and that's why that's why women you know choose not to work so like childcare is so expensive yeah. it also doesn't make it doesn't make sense for some people to go back to work it's that and that, i think that's where there has to be you know we've spoken about this in, in previous podcasts there has to be some kind of like government aid and and you're right to touch on that actually because we have discussions about that all the time that it's the early years that because obviously you get early funding for two-year-olds and they have and and for kit kit goes to preschool he's three he gets 33 hours a week so we don't pay for his childcare. But yeah. then, as I said, there's a 2.30 pickup. Who's going to do that? Yeah. Then, you, then you've got to pay for somebody to go and do that, or I've got to do it and not work. And yeah, it, it, it's so much to juggle. And we're mainly asleep every night by 8 p.m., if I'm honest with you. And I think, because I'm so ambitious as well, I, I'm like, I'm sure lots of people listening, you know, especially with this podcast, and I know you inside out, right, we're all pretty entrepreneurial. Like yeah. we are like high achievers and, and high high functioning people that need to be busy. So I wouldn't have it any other way. But yeah. my problem is like waking up or being woken up at 4am. Just don't <laughs> do that. Just let's, let's try and get the kids to not do that. I want to write this book about this and I want to launch these jumpers here and I want to yeah. do skincare and I want to do yeah. this. And I've got this telly thing coming up that I want to write treatment for. Dos is like, shh, 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 calm, calm, calm. Now, one thing that I really want to touch on because physical and mental health are two of our pillars that we're really passionate about here at Femme Foundry. Um, and I really admire how you speak out about the issues that have affected you in your life. Uh, and you shared that you suffered from anorexia in your 20s. How did you manage to overcome that disease? Because it's such a horrific disease to have to overcome. Yeah, it is. It's really shit. I mean, let's be honest. And it, and it came out of nowhere for me. So obviously the journey to my illness happened so fast. I mean, it wasn't something that I ever suffered from as a teenager. I was always really sporty. I had a really healthy relationship with food. You know, my parents, uh, my mum used, yeah, not my mum. She never cooked anything. Actually, I'll be honest with you. She used to shove fish fingers in, which is what <laughs> I do. But my dad was, my dad was the chef, and you know, we used to have great meals around the table because you know you hear a lot about teenagers, and it starts in their sort of teenage years. For That's me, fair. it hit me when I was 21 years old. So, and it was more as a result of you know i'd shot my first tv show and as it came on i was a size 10 i went onto these forums and people were going oh god isn't she a bit plump to be on telly oh she's a bit fat all this stuff and it was like i mean i was nine stone nine nine 
and a half stone. I wasn't fat. I, mean, I just think it's an awful thing to say to anybody, especially a 21 year old who didn't have any life totally. experience. It was awful. And suddenly it was like that. I felt like someone had put a block of stone on top of me and there was just no way out. It was really frightening. Um, and then it just got a hold of me super quickly, super fast. I hit it with exercise. My body fat was so low. It was like 5% body fat, no periods, no relationships, oh. no life. Uh, trying to launch a TV career, which obviously couldn't launch because I was so unwell. Um, and my parents weren't living in this country, so there was no one there to help me. So it was just really savage for me. I was re recovering, but I was still very much you know, in the, in, the, in the grips of it really at 27. But I was dating somebody who was a super amazing force in my life. His name's Ryan. He des deserves a special shout out. And he said, how about we get you into OA mm -hmm. um, Overeaters Anonymous? And I was like, oh, wow, what, why would I need to go to OA? Like I'm not an overeater and I've got a problem. And it was, I went through the 12 steps and being in the, in the room with those people that actually I suddenly realized that whether you're an overeater or an undereater or a binger, a purger, you know, a restrictor of food, it's all about control. Yeah. And I just learned to let go. I think and you know once I knew that it was affecting my fertility which it was and actually interestingly now that I've gone through or going through POI and I've had so many problems with my knees and I wonder if you know I did the damp you know I'd sort of replay stuff I guess I'll never be able to figure it out and I you know you can't turn the clock black back and just thank god I've had my children but um yeah it was a pretty scary scary time for me but I really have put that away now and I have a yeah. really great relationship with food now again and I'm really aware of it for my kids that I never want them to see any of that or hear any of that language and I sure. try and focus on you know how how funny and smart and and brilliant they are rather than how they look because I yeah. think that's that's dangerous yeah and I think that's it's it is so much onus and so much focus on we as women it, it, anyway on how we look and how we come across and what we eat and our body image and you know filters social media everything like that i just think to focus on health is so much more mm. important than on than, than on image i've got two daughters a stepdaughter and luna and i don't want them growing up in that world where they're filtering their images and you know thinking that they have to be skinny to be pretty and this stuff that we were fed in the 80s are oh, me growing up and everything that i saw every image in every magazine was the supermodel the, the size yeah, six so, it's yeah. just so damaging and also you know i'll be honest and i i've had it out with my mum, but she was a model and grew up and it's not her fault that was her world she was a model in the 60s in london like hanging out with tiggy tiggy <laughs> twiggy <laughs> <laughs> Tiggy and Twiggy, she was there as well. Um, you know, that's that's all she knew. So of course yeah. she put her values on that. I mm -hmm. think we as 2021 mothers have got a real um a real task to do to make mm -hmm. sure that they know that their worth and their value is not based on how they look. Mental health is like another really important pillar to us. How do you take care of your mental health these days? I probably don't do enough, but I would say that I'm really happy. Like I'm a really happy person. I do a lot of yoga. I love, we've just moved into a new area and there's a hot yoga studio around the corner. So I've been going there. 
me and Dodza have a lot of time. We try and carve out when the kids go to bed. We might stay up and have a little kitchen rave or, you know, we'll do some training together. So you guys love working out together. It's kind of our thing to do. We love doing our hit sessions in the garden or we'll go off if we ever get time to do a class together, which we don't really. But we, we, we just love getting all sweaty and get the endorphins going. And... Well, I also know you're, I know, a really keen golfer, but does he? do you guys play golf together? Does he also play? Yeah, he's taking it up now, which is great. We played last Friday. <laughs> love that. Um, yeah, golf's amazing. I always rave, I always bang on about golf because I've got a mate, Ali, who you know as well, who hates it. She's like, oh, he's such a golf wanker these days. And I'm like, yeah, but I've played since I was a teenager. I, I really, loads more women need to get into it. Pat, you have a few wins under your belt, don't you? Well, I don't want to bang on about it too much. Hey, but... Come on then, bang on. <laughs> come on, let's have I it. Had my, my golf day, so I had my first inaugural golf day for my mum and dad's charity last week or two weeks ago whenever it was and me and my blood me, me and my team bloody won didn't we of course they did i love it this year i've won two golf days not me by the way because i play off 24 i get like two shots every hole but... i don't know what that means but <laughs> it, it sounds really fun and it's something that i like i suppose i aspire to one day get into i think you have to do it with mates because i don't think i've got the patience to do it on my todd Oh no, you've got to do it with your mates, definitely. And also just get down to like Top Golf or something like that. It's really fun. Go get some beers, hit some balls. Natalie Pinkham's just taking it up. Now I just want to do end on a really quick, quick, a really quick, uh, end on a quick fire about, okay. about our Femme Foundry pillars. Uh, so they are mental health, physical health, financial health, and spiritual health. So in this quick fire, I just want you to share your best advice on each, um, or like what's your approach to each. Okay. So let's kick off with how do you look after your mental health? Look after my mental health with exercise. And and I think anybody listening that is suffering from any form of lows, even if it is a, like a half an hour walk around the block, go get some fresh air, just do it. It is the best thing that you can do to keep yourself together. Keeping up your physical health, what do you like to do? Uh, loads of sex. <laughs> Brilliant. Loads of sex. Like, sometimes I don't even want to do it, but I just figure, like, it will make me feel good afterwards. <laughs> I think any any form of, like, physicality, you know what? Even, you know, if you're not in a relationship, you're listening to this, and, you know, you've got, like, a fuck buddy in your life, that's also really good and healthy. Uh, aside from green juicing, which I love doing, eating well, having loads of sex, and trying to be outside as much as possible are the three things that I think I... And, like, obviously hanging out with my kids hugging yeah. kissing doing all that stuff and how do you take charge of your financial health oh god that's such a big question i mean before i met dozer i didn't have a debt in the world and i was <laughs> this is <laughs> happy minute. ending no no, okay. no 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 this is good this is good because i was living but i didn't own a property yeah in my whole 40 years of existence i had worked and done everything but i just had you know, savings in the bank. I was trickling along really, really nicely. Dozer has pushed me to the limits, but we own the most beautiful house now and I paid for half of it. I think the, the best piece of advice is don't, sh don't shy away from it. Get everything sorted so you know exactly what you're spending, exactly what you've got coming in. And if there are anything, any things that you need to pay off, just make sure you've got a payment plan that you can stick to. Women don't talk about financial health. Like, no. you know, it's, it's, it's really, really important. And spiritual health. Are you into any kind of spirituality? Is it something that gets you out of bed i mean obviously my yoga and that's that's kind of my my sort of spiritual home when i go there because i feel really enlightened really uplifted i i don't meditate i probably should do um we try and do a thing in the evenings where we put our phones away zoe thank you so much for coming on profoundly uh it's been an absolute pleasure to have a chin wag with you this week 
uh, and as I say, you sharing kind of all of your experiences and expertise with us, we really appreciate it. So thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much. The lovely Zoe Hardman there. Now here at Fem Foundry, we believe in taking a holistic approach, making sure we're keeping an eye on all four of the pillars that hold us and help us thrive. These pillars are the foundations of our community and we want to help everyone to build their financial, physical, mental and spiritual health. Now this week, the Queen of Boundaries, Michelle Elman, shares how she makes some time for herself. Airplane mode is one of my favorite things to do. And like, I'll do a whole weekend with my phone completely off. And it's this reprioritizing of yourself um, where whatever, I've started seeing my phone as a device of people asking things they need from me. And so when you turn it off, it's what I want, not what everyone else needs. And so um, even if it's sometimes I do it f- uh, from nine o'clock to 11 o'clock, the first two hours of my workday, I will just focus on what I want to do. Because the moment you turn that phone on, it's like, hey, can you send this over? Can you send that over? And I'm like, my whole day is gone, just making sure everyone gets what they need. But I've had no time, especially for my creative work, to get anything done. Such a simple one. I mean, I wonder how many of us actually do use aeroplane mode in this way? Do let me know. Uh, Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Instagram at femfoundryapp and at pips underscore Taylor. And you can, of course, continue this conversation over in the Fem Foundry app and connect with our guests there too. And if you'd like more information on menopause, head over to the British Menopause Society. Their website is thebms.org.uk. Thanks very much. And I'll be back next time. 